0: listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round 16. This episode is brought to you by... Pitch Invaders, FC Cincinnati's 2021 Deadline Day signing. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, actually, brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss. And tonight, I'm joined by co hosts, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. And I'd like to welcome our special guest, one of our amazing Patreon supporters, Ari Hillman. How are you all doing tonight?
1: I'm good great doing phenomenal
0: great fantastic glad to have you back ari i think it's it's been about a year you joined us last year for the first time so excited to have you back especially with uh the week that you had so look looking forward to to talking about that
1: awesome
0: good deal uh well for those of you who got the show last week
1: we went a little long. Uh,
0: I think it's been blamed on me disappearing for a little while to help uh, get baby Roo put down. He seems to be doing well tonight, so so I'm going to keep these people all lassoed in together. We're going to try to get a nice, tight show for you this week. But I hope you enjoyed the content last week. It was definitely pretty good. Uh, I'm going to start the show for all of our YouTube uh, and patreon members who are here if you're listening in your patreon member head over and check out the beginning of the youtube because i'm showing off some swag right now uh, i've got the swag in uh first of course like every year got the little mls fantasy insider sticker with the, the season number up top i think my glare is catching that somewhat a little bit smaller than in the years past uh, that was that was my bad uh with with the sizing i ordered but still pretty good there and then also there's going to be um both gators and masks that we're having this year. Uh, I don't have the masks in yet. I'm going to have to check on the shipping of the tracking on that, but I do have the gators in and you can check out these nice little uh, MLS fantasy boss, not boss, MLS fantasy insider logo on there. So pretty, pretty cool. I think Uh, I'll show off the, the masks in a future episode. Once I get those tracked down. Uh, Also, I have Two secret special bits of swag for our ten and fifteen dollar level donors. So that'll be coming to you. Uh, just it's secret. It's secret. So I can't tell you exactly what it is, but but you'll be. I hope you'll be surprised when it does come in. If you are interested in getting some swag, I am getting everything together for August. So if you have not been a supporter of the MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon, you can do that right now at. Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. You can join at any other tiers. Uh, and the prize information is, not prize, the swag information is listed right there. And I'm going to try to get everything do it in August because I'm going to take August and go back to the beginning of the season because I know that just hard times and things are crazy that people will come in and come out, but I'm going to be honoring everyone who has been a supporter since the season began. So if you want to re-up, feel free to re-up. If you want to join for the first time to qualify for some swag, do that. My goal is to make sure I get everything sorted out in August so I can ship it out at the beginning of September. I will, of course, if new people, when new people join in after the first ship out, I will be trying to get I will get everything shipped out uh, in future shippings at a later date, but I'm going to be prioritizing everyone who is a member in August and since the beginning of the season first. So if you want to be in that first wave of shipping, please do... Uh, head over there and join so that's the quick little fun announcement i hope everybody enjoyed that little sneak preview and again if you're listening to this on the as the podcast later on uh, head over to the youtube channel for mls fantasy boss and just check out the beginning of the show at least and you can see a little preview of the swag i'll post it later and the patreon supporters you'll be able to see it but uh yeah check it out it's uh pretty cool i'm really pleased with what we got so far uh, all right, but let's get back into uh, our recap of round 15. It, it was crazy. It was massive. It was a huge double game week. And I don't know if anyone was trying keep a or switch ruse or whatever, but it, it was massive. And there were some huge points. And uh, let's just see how we all did. Blaine.
2: Yeah, I mean, I want to say I got an 89 for my draft team. Great mm-hmm. week there. Um, got an 85 in FMLS, though. That's a little bit shocking. Because draft no captain, so my draft team did better than my regular team. (laughs) Kind of hurt on that one a little bit. I don't really feel like I made that many bad picks. I just think it was a little bit of getting lucky where you needed to. I had good points pretty much all the way around. Sevens, eights, and nines off my bench. Uh, Seafood didn't hit for me. That one was a shocker. But I think if you went heavy on LAFC thinking they were going to have a good week, it, it caught you anyway. The Vela captain was probably the worst decision of the weekend. But I mean, uh, Cornell on the bench front for end of a keeper roo worked. I grabbed Gootman, just seeing what would happen there. And Red Bulls got the clean sheet. Minsa really stunk the first game, but came back with a 14. Uh, Mukhtar got a six. That was probably the only other disappointing one, but when you're seeing mostly eights, nines, and tens on your, on your team and you still end up with an 85 and I dropped some in champions league standings, like it's just kind of a disappointing week, even though it was a really good score. And I don't really feel like I made any bad
0: decisions. It was just weird week. Uh, Definitely. It was Uh, Ashley. How'd you do?
3: Yeah, I got an 88 and I, I feel a lot like Blaine, um, i i captained Donnie, which i was pretty good about um but vella and sifu burned me i, I played maxi this week who only did the one with six um literally all of my defenders got clean sheets but my keeper was like a big bust and my bench was just boring. um so I, like like blaine said too i feel like i kind of made i made good decisions but i missed on some of the big hits um so I fell down a little bit to not enough that I don't think I can make up for it in the rest of this round, but not what I wanted. Uh,
0: I'll go next. I had a 98, which I was very happy with. It was a 99 at one point, uh, but I think uh, when uh, when Montreal maybe scored at the end, I, I lost the point out. I lost one point someplace, uh, but... But I had 98 overall. I was really pleased with what happened. My lowest scoring player was Fuentes with with a three. I did captain Vela, so I got the 98 even with with that Vela captain. Um, my bench really came through for me with Farrell and Duncan coming off there. I I almost blew my keeperoo. I really almost did from from the beginning. I had it as as Room and Miller, and and after Columbus got that that first blown clean sheet i was like uh do i do i want to go with with minnesota and houston uh, i don't know i mean i could leave it i, I get like 30 minutes uh do i want to switch and then finally i just said you know what this is a crazy double game week i've got crazy stuff going on this weekend i'm going to put it on miller and i'm going to see what happens and i got eight points and i couldn't be happier uh, because mm-hmm. i've had some rough times with keepers this year so yeah yeah really strong showing really pleased with that uh with that 98 but ari how did you do?
1: So I crushed it. Finally.
0: <laughs> yes, you did. We
1: got a one eleven overall, seventeenth ranked for the week. Um, phenomenal. Uh, it was my birthday, so I'm guessing that had a lot to do with it. Ah, got lucky. With that. So uh, the dirty thirty birthday, and we got a solid one eleven. We marched through the standings. Um, we're now sitting twenty second in Champions League, which. As far as I'm aware, this is my first ever time in contention. Nice. Knock on wood. Let's hope we can hold it. And then we moved up like 150 spots overall. So now we're into like the 250s. So we're still digging ourselves out of that week 148 score, which was <laughs> atrocious. Um, but we're moving up now. Biggest uh, notes for me was Mensa. Because that man is my MVP over my two seasons of playing. Every time I have him, he does well. So although at the beginning of the week, he dropped us with a garbage score on Saturday of my birthday, he threw a 14 out there as a good present. So it was great for me. This was finally a week where I looked and I went, oh my God, this is, I always see it in the Discord people in the, you know, top 25. And I go, never seen that before. That looks pretty awesome. Is that Photoshop? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now we finally,
1: uh, we marched in and we're uh, in that spot. So for me, I hit on all my guys pretty much. The worst I had, I think, was, uh, however you say, Coronel with uh, seven. Um, Vela did not even play. He was my third bench option in my two for three. So uh, Castellanos and Mihailovic, uh, their 11 and eight, played for me. And then I also had Duncan. Salah Ryan Reynoso, Nani Rusinek, and Pulido. So all of them did very well, and I am very happy with my score.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Excellent. Yes. Happy belated on that. And what a fantastic uh, way way to do that. And yes, marched in. Exactly. Congrats on the Champions League, Uh, which reminder for anyone who is listening. This is the third qualifier for the Fantasy Champions League. And this third qualifier ends with round 17. So we've got two more rounds left before uh, you have your last shot to make it. Uh, Round four will be uh, round 17 will be rounds 18 through 23 and then the last four rounds of the season will be the champions league. So uh, it's, it's coming down. We were just talking about before the show started that it's, it's going by so fast. We're more than halfway through, through the season already. All right. Let's, uh, I see some scores from chat, lots of the, the high nineties, a couple of people were triple digits. Fantastic. If you scored triple digits, you should have had a very good week, uh, unless you were maybe near the top of the top, maybe you went down some, but if you scored triple digits, you should have been seeing positive green arrows. If uh, you scored in those high nineties, you, I'd imagine you should have been seeing some positive movement as well. Uh, but, uh, it uh, it was a good a good showing, and that second I think the second game for a lot of people really really helped out. That's the power of the double game week. The power of the double game week, and and like the nail biting of it with with this this new format, how you're not just adding it on. You're like uh, like Minsa. Uh, I mean,
3: Minsa is like the perfect example. Exactly. of how That first game, I was like, "How dare you!" And then he got 14, and I was like, "Thank you." Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the general takeaways that we had, Ashley.
3: Um. I mean, I. Where do I begin with this week? Um, LAFC later is how I feel right now about LAFC. And I feel like, I don't know if we said this last week or if we've just talked about it in general. It's like you keep waiting for them to pick it up. And it's like, Villa kind of did, but I mean, he's a lot of fives, sevens, and eights, right? And um, Rossi's not getting on the board as much. Twesta's not getting as much. They... I, I just don't know that I can keep talking myself into doing it. Um, Segura being out, I think, is going to really impact that defense. Um, sure. and we're already seeing that big time. I know they signed, you know, the backup backup center back from NYCFC. I don't see that being a clear-cut replacement. Um, so, for me, for me I'm, I'm going to start to fade them. I think Vela is his own entity, in my opinion, but um, they just – what a – crash and burn of a week for them in fantasy and everything else um San Jose Atlanta and Miami starting to score was something that I walked away from this week being surprised and um kind of happy about um I also thought you know from from a fantasy point perspective I didn't watch the game but from a fantasy point perspective New England looked okay without Carlos Teal um I think that you know both still getting a goal both games uh, said a lot. I think that formation, you know, lack of formation change worked well for them. Um, but that was kind of surprising to me if I'm going to be honest, but kind of nice to see as well. And then we did talk about this last week. I know Reed and I both mentioned that RSL has been a team where we can't quite get all the way on board with, but we're also not, not taking, um, they just seem to be cooling down for me. I'll talk about them this week because there are some players that I do like for this week, but, Generally, they had such a hot start across the board, defensively, midfield, forwards, you know, Rubio Rubin. But they just seemed to be cooling down a little bit to me. So that was uh, something I, I took away from fantasy points-wise this weekend. Blaine?
2: Yeah. Uh, first highlight I had was rotation sucks. <laughs> I saw a lot of it this week. We had a lot of guys coming back from Gold Cup that didn't play midweek, which I kind of expected – but I just, I think I saw a lot more rotation across the board this week than normal for a double game week. It really kind of surprised me. We saw big names sitting out everywhere, guys we expected to play. It didn't affect some of my decisions. I know Mukhtar got a rest to start the first game, but I really wanted him for the second game anyway. And since he was on the bench, he knew he was healthy. It's just, we saw a lot of rotation and it hurt, it hurt some scores and, and it, it really throws some games out of whack when you don't know where the rotation's going to come from because you expect certain games to go certain ways. And then you see a coach sub out half the lineup and do whatever they have to. And yeah, it just, it threw this week out for me. I, it's hard to take away a lot here. Um, but being the sporting guy, I think at this point I have to concede Shallowey's better than Polito for fantasy He's got a higher assist potential. He's still scoring goals. Polito makes that team so much better, but I think shallow is your fantasy option there going forward. Kinda um, does seem to be filling in nicely for Busio. He doesn't have the point floor that Busio had, but he is kind of stepping up as the midfielder to watch. Can't believe Miami and San Jose are continuing these hot streaks. It's not just that they're finding ways to score goals, which I had talked about last week. The defense is really stepping up. They've been shutting down some powerful teams and keeping games closer. I just, maybe these two guys are really, or two teams are really putting it together. And then this was, other than the clean sheets, this was an awful week for the Red Bulls. I'd been talking them up. We, I, I'm wondering where that offense has gone. We've talked about Klamala and Fa, uh, Fabio quite a bit lately. Um, the midfield seemed like it was starting to get together and do something. And then now the midfield's just kind of disappeared again. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's up with Red Bull. And I took him for defense this week, hoping that would work out. And it did, but I was not, I'm kind of shying away from their attackers and I'm not seeing it get any better right now.
1: All right. What about you? So I would start with, uh, first of everything they said kind of made sense and I loved it all. Um, I would agree with pretty much all of it. I wanted to add Ola Kamara. Uh, I'd like to change his name to Gola Kamara because he has been on a goal scoring tear these last five games. I think he's got or four games. He has like five goals, I believe. Um, so he's kind of just one of those guys. Of course, I didn't take him last week. I was going to. Same. Um, and then I was second guessing myself, which never goes well in fantasy. Um, and so I decided to watch him as he punished me for not taking him and scored a scored a goal last game. Also, Minnesota at home. I did a little check on that. Their last seven home games, five of them have been shutouts. Five clean sheets at home. Um, the Houston one I felt pretty comfortable comfortable with, um, but then I guess I guess I just didn't really realize that until I had to check the notes on that. But yeah, that's five for seven at home on clean sheets um, is a big one for me. So that's something I took away. And then it was talked about last week, but I seem to be a week behind on it, is that Seattle slump. Um, You know, and they played San Jose, that's when it kind of woke everyone up. But yeah, the last few games, I'm I'm kind of surprised myself because that team was far and above the best team in the league when we started. And now like i said they're struggling against you know even dallas which nothing against dallas but with how well they were playing i expected them to kind of just run through the table and they're definitely slowing down a bit so
3: yeah
1: um, i noticed that this past week and throughout the discord chat it went down from everyone saying which three seattle players are you taking to is anyone taking any Seattle players? So those were kind of my big takeaways for the week. Well, well, yeah. You
0: guys touched on a lot of what I was going to say. I, I think it's really important to point out LAFC, Seattle, and San Jose. Uh, those are all teams that have sort of had a shift in what people consider them at. you think like the, the go-to picks, when you're looking at the go-to LAFC has some of these teams have been either go-tos or bet against uh, definitely things to, to consider if you, if you, haven't in the past, uh, but also some, some other teams, exactly like you were saying, Ari, uh, looking at, at uh, Minnesota's home clean sheet record. I mean, looking at Cincinnati, they've been keeping, they've not been getting beaten. They've been, they've not been winning, but they've not been getting beaten. So there's, that's a team that we yeah. have in the past have been betting against very much uh, Red Bulls have had some shifting if we're going to their uh, transfers have happened. That's what I'm leading up into with all this. I mean, Miami's not, not necessarily, as bad but they're still kind of bad but there have been a lot of transfers in the league so go through mlssoccer.com check out the transfers that have happened some of them have some potential we've got to see how these players work in who's going to be immediate who's going to be a backup player so uh, just go through that list take a look you could find some diamonds in the rough uh, but i think it's still a little too early to tell Right now, because of everything that's still shifting, like Blaine was saying, we've got injuries, we have goal Cup. we have college people coming, getting reintegrated back into the team. So it's kind of hard to pick out if some of these moves are going to be for permanency or just just temporary to fill a gap right now. Uh, let's move on to our housekeeping section and talk about what's coming up for this next week. All right, housekeeping. Uh, Let's start out as usual with the league leaders from the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues. Uh, We had some shifting going on from last week. Uh, Now we have the MLS Fantasy Boss and the Reddit Classic Leagues being led by Nawa Joa. Uh, that was have a clean sweep between the three leagues before, but Nawa Joa is, is leading both of those now. And then Discord is being headed by Brian uh, Coral FC, one of our longtime supporters. And then Patreon is holding out strong uh, with Garth Butchers right there. So, so he's got that locked up maybe at this point, but he's doing really well with, with the Classic League right there. Heading on to the head to heads, my favorite. Uh, we had again some some shifting. The Discord head to head league is now uh, has uh, Sombrero FC up at the top with a record of 11 0 1. There was a shakeup in the Patreon league, and uh, now Sasa Juniors is leading that with a score of a record of 12 0 3 overall. Uh, upset, uh, I believe. Yeah, uh, Garth got upset in in this last week and so sasha's taken over and then over at the mls fantasy insider hosts invitational experts league i think this that team name just gets longer and longer every year Uh, but over in our our invitational league uh, we have a tie now between mito and skyler with a record of 12 0 and 3 but mito is still leading by points so uh pretty tight right there Okay, now let's start talking about round 16. So, 15 was this massive double game week that started super early and all kinds of crazy. You have a time to breathe now, everybody. Take a breath. And let it out, or you can hold it longer, because games do not start until Friday, August 13th uh-oh, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with San Jose versus Vancouver. An interesting game in and of itself, uh, but we have plenty of time to decompress, to think, and uh, get ready for, for this week as everything starts Friday, August 13th at 10.30 p.m. This is not... A double game week so you don't have to worry about that but you do have three teams who are on a buy round this week so very easy to work out your switcheroos and your keepers this week because of that we have orlando philadelphia and my fc cincinnati who are all taking a break this round so those are the players you want to target easily easy to find 4.0 or 4.1 whatever players uh to put into your team to get those switcheroos set up Uh, As far as suspensions and injuries go, as usual, I will now turn it over to Blaine.
2: Yeah, I didn't see any major injuries this weekend to add to the list. I don't think anybody's really come back in more capacity than they have been. I know Blanco is starting to play a few more minutes, and Portland looks better when he's there, but I still think that's a little unpredictable on what's going on. Um, No red cards that I saw. All the red cards were midweek and served over the weekend. But Justin Glad for RSL and then Bresson for Dallas both picked up their fifth yellow and should be suspended for, these, for this upcoming round. I think that's everybody that's out. Um, I know if you guys saw, like, Joseph Martinez picked up a red in the midweek, served it over the weekend. So if you saw some of those reds come up, I think everybody served their red card
0: suspension over the weekend, so everybody's available now. Now, I will say that we do have – this is why Philadelphia is gone, or while they're getting a bit of a break. We have uh, the CONCACAF Champions League games being played on August 12th. Uh, Philadelphia is going to be away to Club America, and then in September, Philadelphia will play again. Of course, that doesn't impact you this round because they are – on a buy, but just keep that in mind that this could bleed over into round 17 and there could be injuries involved with this. So keep an eye on Philadelphia because they're playing in champions league this week and there could be repercussions as always.
2: Yeah. Reed, on that front, I'm trying to figure out which tournament it is, but sporting plays a game on Tuesday, tomorrow night uh, against Lyon. This is what, this is the league's cup.
3: Yeah. That's what Seattle does, too. So, Sporting plays, Tuesday, and so does Seattle.
2: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if there were any other teams. Uh, looks like New York City may be in on this as well. Yeah, they're playing on the 11th. And yeah, then the I know in Philly,
3: but that doesn't necessarily affect this. Yeah. NYCFC, Sporting, and Seattle will have midweek games, technically. They're at least all home for us, so no one will be traveling.
0: All right. Anything else, you guys? Uh, Ari, Ashley, want to add about injuries or suspensions or call-ups or any kind of stuff? No. All right. Well, then let's move on into uh, round three, our player picks for the upcoming round. Okay, let's talk players that we are targeting for round 16 of the MLS fantasy season. Uh, First, we're going to start out with our most promising games, and then we'll answer the question that uh, Ryan left for us real quick before getting into the actual picks. Uh, So, yeah, promising games. Ashley, what are you looking forward to?
3: I like NYCFC Miami. I know we said Miami's scoring again, but um, I don't know. With them, you can never take anything too seriously. That's kind of been my uh, fantasy takeaway for them this, this season. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of goals to be had in that game, possibly, which is what intrigues me from a fantasy perspective. Um, I'm also really interested in LAFC traveling to the bank to play Atlanta. Um, I Again, I could see some goals there. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what I think will be the strongest Atlanta attack yet this season and, and how that can click. Um, and then for obvious reasons, Portland-Seattle – um, second meeting this year, first time in Portland. No, second time in Portland. Um, I think that, you know, Portland's starting to get some players back, even though they traded a boba sea. Um, Seattle's not quite healthy. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that, how that would go from, from a fantasy perspective with the slump the Sounders are in. Um, I don't think it's a surefire pick against, but I think you should consider it.
0: <laughs> All right, Blaine.
3: I honestly
2: like San Jose-Vancouver to start the weekend on Friday. I think it's a good switcheroo spot where you're going to be able to grab some players to play that first first game, but I'm kind of wanting to say the over-under on goals scored in this one's around four and a half. Um, with the way both teams have been giving up goals, but the potential firepower they have, I could see this one ending 3-2, three, 3-3 three, three, pretty easy. Um, it's just, it's the way these teams play. If it opens up at all, I can see this one just going crazy. So I, I really think I want some coverage here. It's just, I, I'm feeling goals throughout this one. And I, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you, with you, Ashley, I think it's Atlanta LAFC has to be on this list. LAFC's defense is that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm, I got to watch them play against Sporting for the first time and really kind of dove in and watched it. I think that defense is killing the whole team. I think that's, I think that's right. Uh, the midfielders. That,
3: ironically, do you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. do feel like that's what's really affecting the attack. I,
2: I, don't yeah. think they, I don't think there's any trust in that defense right now. And so the midfielders are hanging back to help cover and fill in mm-hmm. gaps. So they're, they're conceding a lot of space and there's no link up play with the top. It And when that happens, Vela, the way Vela's playing, he should be getting back to his 8, nine, ten average. Mm-hmm. But he's not getting enough of the ball because the midfielders aren't there to feed it to him. So they're playing back. So I, I like this Atlanta game, and I think that's a 100% bet against LAFC on the defensive side right there. Minnesota LA Galaxy is another one that's on the list. I'll let Ari really dive into that game because I'm sure he wants to talk about that game a little bit more. <laughs> and then i love the i love the idea of colorado and houston this week colorado's been getting stronger houston's kind of tapering off again i think there's i think that's going to be a pretty lopsided one and then finish it up with nashville and dc um, nashville's had a good defense but i really love the way dc's playing i think that one's going to be a goal fest too i just i i really see that one going end to end and opening up pretty early on
0: and I think that's going to be a game you kind of have to look at and try to find some coverage for it. For me, basically, ditto Ashley. Those are the three games that really stood out to me. Uh, definitely. I mean, I like Colorado and Nashville have some things I'm interested in as well, but I think, yeah, the big three to me that stood out was that New York game, the Atlanta game and the Portland game. I don't, I don't know if I'm picking anybody from Portland and Seattle. Uh, I've had some guys back and forth on, on my potential list, but uh, I think that's going to be a good game for just like data collection to, to figure out, what about Portland? What about Seattle? And it's not and But So yeah, that's those first two for fantasy potential for points now. And that third one for just my own curiosity of, of
1: maybe future planning. Ari. First, again, Ditto Ashley on the New York City and Miami game. Sounds like a clear uh, consensus. You can really just copy and paste what she said because she hit it perfectly. Um, Miami, yes, they're playing um, better than we expected, but Maybe I'm just old school and think that there's, they're going to fall off soon. They're just riding a decent streak, but I don't see it lasting very long. Um, then the Houston-Colorado game as well. Colorado's that team that, I mean, they're doing exactly what I love and I wish Minnesota did more of, staying just below that radar, um, which Minnesota did, I feel like, a little more last year. But – they're sitting quietly and comfortably in that four seed and they've just been kind of dominating every game, so to speak, or, or at least getting by enough, doing enough tactically to get by. Um, and that defense, yeah, there's, it's just sound. They don't have the wow factor, but they just play well as a unit. Um, so you guys like Trusty and Abubakar are the type of guys that you want in your lineup because of that reason. they, they're not flashy, but they get the job done when they need. Um, and then, yeah, kind of touching on what I said with the Minnesota and L.A. Galaxy game, uh, Minnesota is at home again, so that five clean sheets and seven games um, is kind of ringing the bell in the back of my head. But that said, L.A. Galaxy do seem to give us some trouble at home for some reason, um, very even match, at least the past couple we played um, in Minnesota, including the playoff where they did unfortunately knock us out but again is starting to find their groove um and at home that stadium does get super loud and you can clearly tell that it does affect how the players play um so even though yes it is a little biased because i'm a fan of them i do think that does have a big factor in it and you can you can just clearly tell so i think uh those are my big three i am excited for portland seattle mainly just for the Derby aspect of it. Those games are always fun, and they always – everyone plays a step up. So that will be exciting to see um, a lot of those guys. But mainly those three are my big takeaway games.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the question that we had from Ryan before we dive into players. As I said before, transfers are something to keep an eye on as teams are changing. But Ryan's question for us is – what are our thoughts on the fantasy viability of some players of the players who came into the league during this transfer window? So we're not talking about players like Mark Anthony Kay going from LA to Colorado, but some of these new players coming into the league. So what do you all think about viability? Blaine, start with you.
2: I'm a huge advocate for the idea of being cautious in the summer window other than Clint Dempsey. No, Clint Dempsey wasn't the one. It was Nico Ladero. But he's about the only one I can remember in recent years, and I guess Reynoso to a degree last year. By the time playoffs rolled around, he was really hitting his stride. But those are the only two guys I can ever remember coming in in the summer transfer window and really lighting it up in the fantasy game. Yeah. Not, saying these, not saying other guys haven't had good MLS seasons to start with, but there seems to be a learning curve when players come over here and start playing in MLS. We're a little bit different style league than the guys are used to in Europe. We can be a little bit more physical. We don't allow certain things on the physicality side that they're used to over there. It's it's a different game over here to a degree, and it can take players a while to adjust. So I always say be cautious with that, but look at the needs of these teams that, that have been signing players. Um, big name that came in, let me find him on the list because I'm just blanking on it, it's um, LA Galaxy's new striker. Where's Chicharito been lately? Um, if he's hurt, if he's not playing, I don't know what the deal is there. I have to ask what's going on. You bring in a young center forward who wants to prove himself, he may slot in right away. I could definitely see that happening. That's a position of need. Um, other teams, um, Vite for Vancouver just came in as a midfielder. He's 19. I expect him to start playing sooner rather than later. Vancouver's got nothing to lose. If he brings a spark to that team, they need it. You got to look at positions, position of need. Um, Most of the defenders are pretty much a non-factor. There's been a lot of defenders signed, but I'm not looking for guys to really come in and just blow up the fantasy score sheet, unless they're that forward on a really good team. And Arango came in for LAFC and he's, he played last week. He's, he came in the week before he's already played. Mm -hmm. Um, Given the way that offense is going, given the absence of a true center forward, Bella likes to play or plays better off the wing. Bella and Rossi seem to do better when they're playing on opposite wings with a good center forward. That's a player that I could see really coming in and having a major impact in the fantasy game in the, in this year, but it's, a lot of it comes from the players that are around him. Now, we're talking LAFC without the, with this terrible defense right now and that holding everything back. And that makes me skeptical on everybody, including Vella. But if they ever fix that defense, if they can get more possession, they can get it in, I could see him having a quietly good year and being a good option to finish out the season for probably a little cheaper than everybody else. I haven't looked at his price yet but i just i get cautiously optimistic with certain ones and you've got to um fill a position of need if you're really going to play that so ashley i'll kick it over to you with this one because seattle just got a guy and i don't know if he's going to be a starter for them i feel he is,
0: like he could but not in
3: september okay so, so i i think my short this wasn't specifically ryan's question But my answer to this question is, this week, there's not a single new person that I trust enough or like enough to play, if if that makes sense. I'm I'm a little less cautious than Blaine is. I like to try to jump on a train before it starts. (laughs) Um, But I think there are some really interesting signings from outside of the league. Um, But I think a wait-and-see option for most of these names is a better approach. Some of these signings for different teams, I feel like, were band-aid signings, like Blaine was kind of saying. Some of these signings, I think, are intentional and in order to continue to build. Um, but there's nothing that jumps out at me enough to say, I want to try that out this week, or I want to see how this new guy does. Um, I, I know Vancouver signs some people, but that's I can, I'm never going to be able to talk myself into that um, because they're Vancouver. But generally i think it's important to know who got brought in as a dp who got brought in as tam what are their visa situations you know and, and how quickly are they going to be able to play um and to just kind of look at lineups this week and maybe even next week and see who's making the bench um you know and how, how well have they fit in some of these people are coming from leagues that, that haven't played a season yet right like it's an off season time and they're coming here to start the season Um, so they haven't played since what, you know, May ish, April they've had, this isn't mid season for them. And I feel like that's probably the biggest kicker sometimes is unless, unless you're coming from, from league MX, a lot of these guys come in and they're not in mid season form and the league is. So that's always my hesitation with, with summer, but, um, yeah, like I said, there's just, there's not a person that excites me enough to try it
1: out this week. Ari, anything to add? They pretty much got it. I don't (laughs) like to go super bold. Um, Occasionally you need a week or two like that. But, yeah, a lot of these guys that come in, I think, A, it's great because it makes me, at least as a fantasy player, keep an eye on them, and I think that needs to be done. But there's no wow factor usually when they come in right away. I have to see them in form, and I think they need to get accustomed, like you said, get accustomed to how the MLS league is run. Every league – has their own little different bit of swagger. Everyone runs a little bit differently in MLS compared to other leagues. And so when they come in, they kind of got to find their their uh, foundation or their groundwork before they can really be trusted um, as somebody that you just pick up right away. But that said, if you like being bold and you don't really care about Champions League, so, so to speak, and you just want to have that one wow week, go bold and take someone and, Hey, if a new guy comes in and hits a hat trick right off the bat and you captained him or you had him, that's awesome. Let everyone know. But unfortunately I do not have that, uh, that will at the moment. I haven't quite gotten that far into the league yet.
0: Yeah. You punched your champions league ticket.
1: There's
3: some league cool. transfers that I'm like really into. And I would really like to, uh, and again, I don't know that that was specifically Ryan's question, but I think Mark Anthony Kay is coming into Colorado super pissed off. I don't think that's the trade he would have liked. Um a boba C I'm interested to see playing as an actual striker, not throwing him out on the wings like, like Portland was doing lately. So there's some interleague transfers that I I'm very interested in. Um but again, I'm just waiting to see where they are in the lineups this week.
2: Yeah. Both of those guys you said started exactly this last weekend like so, what get...
3: was
1: oh, he side. came off the bench oh came off okay i know he played he came off early though it was like yeah, 30 like something
3: minute yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah.
0: yeah no i think you guys i think you guys nailed it up most of these outside of the league at this point i think are plugging holes like la galaxy you saying blaine even if cincinnati picking up another defender from nottingham Forest, i believe um yeah. it, it's it's uh plugging the hole so i'm not looking at a lot of those guys to tear up the league, and as you know, longtime listener of the show, my approach tends to be kind of a wait and see. So I'm a little hesitant, uh, but you nailed it, Ashley. I think the interleague transfers are the ones I'm more interested in. Uh, Abobasi and K are the top two. I and mean, then also, I mean, Florian Youngworth went up to Vancouver. He's he's a solid defender that we've seen in the past, so it could be some some boost right there. So some uh, we've got uh, Velo has gone to Cincinnati. That that's something else that could could help. So there's there's some interleague transfers I think are, are going to be more interesting to pay attention to still depth in a lot of these situations, but things to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, you can head over to MLSsoccer.com and uh, search for the transfer tracker. They, they have a whole page about transfers by team transfers by day, uh, little individual articles for the transfer tracker. So you can find a lot of information right there. If you're curious about some of these guys, well, let's start talking players. Let's jump right into keepers defenders and clean sheets for round 16. Blank.
2: Yeah. Clean sheets, I almost put not applicable at that, but then I remembered Colorado's <laughs> playing, uh, playing Houston. I just, I don't have a lot of faith in Houston's attack and I love Colorado's defense. I just, this week year has been really weird and teams you expect to get shut out are finding a way to score. I know there's probably a couple more teams I could put on this list, but I don't like it. I don't see it. I see goals coming, Um Ari's gonna hate me, but I love the way LA Galaxy is attacking mm-hmm. with some of their depth guys. They're finding ways to score right now. They seem to have clicked as a team. I I know Minnesota's got a good defense. I fully expect them to win that game. I don't expect them to give up more than one, but I'm seeing one coming. I mean, and yeah. LA's defense is not that good. If it's a 3-0 game late, the Galaxy are not just gonna roll over and die. They're gonna keep pushing. And that's when defenses can get burned by one and give one up. It doesn't matter in the standings. It doesn't matter in the game. It's just, you don't want to give it up, but, but players do. Now for fantasy yeah. that kills us, we hate it when that happens, <laughs> but the players on the field don't care quite so much at that point. If you give up one in the 91st minute and you're up three Oh, who cares? Fantasy yeah. people care, but they don't care. So, <laughs> so with, with that, that's what I'm seeing this week. And then it's just, So Yarborough's is my number one keeper. Uh, He's going to be in a keeper one way or the other. I'm thinking I'm going Yarborough to room just because the Columbus game is probably one of the better shouts I've got. It's Chicago. Columbus has gotten beat up a little bit lately. I think this is a chance for them to make a statement on the road that their defense is still good. It's one I like, but I don't necessarily want to spend that money there. So I'm hoping Yarborough gets a clean sheet and I'm done with it. And then I've got some wiggle room to play if there's any late adjustments I need. That's kind of the logic there. You could pick an earlier game before the Colorado one and probably be okay, but you're looking at Minnesota or San Jose for home games. And I just thought going to the last day is probably a better option for me. Uh, Defenders. I'm still looking um, bonus point heavy, um, but trusty for Colorado was what was the first one I added? I'm going to go back to Fontas for SKC. He's still putting up the bonus points. Dallas is Dallas. Dallas some, somewhat has our number, but there's still a lot of bonus points to be had. And then I'm probably just going to roll with Mensa again. I said Columbus for my backup keeper. I just I have that feeling. But even if Chicago comes out and does what Chicago does, I think Mensa is going to grab the bonus points. So I'm going with a few of the more proven bonus point options we've got. And with Philly not playing, it's a whole lot easier to identify who the best ones are. Ashley?
3: Yeah, I uh, I like NYCFC for a shutout possibly this week. Um, they've been doing well at home. That skinny field is hard to play on. Um, it usually troubles people that come into it. I also like Colorado. I also – I wrote M- Minnesota maybe. Um, but I, I, I think I'm willing to roll the dice there a little bit. Um, I think that they – are good at home and although I agree with what Blaine's saying about the Galaxy, it's hard to kind of know who's producing there because they seem to spread it around. I think that makes it a little harder to defend, um, but I just don't know how viable that offensive talent is for the Galaxy, so I- I'm willing to hedge my bet on Minnesota for a little bit for a clean sheet, but and maybe Ari can help with this. I do struggle identifying the best bonus point defender for them because it's fluctuated throughout the season. So that's kind of tricky for me. I'm actually considering, and I'm glad you're all sitting out, I'm actually considering a San Jose to Colorado um Keeperu. Marcinkowski gets bonus points. And if he could pull a shutout out, and even if he doesn't, I could still see him without a shutout getting like a four or five point game. Um, I don't know if I'm brave enough to do it, but I'm thinking about it. And then <laughs> I tend to roll Rosenberry when it comes to Colorado. And then... I also am a Mensa. I know he got two. We easily forget. Um, But still, with the bonus points, it's just hard to walk away from. And then I'm going Callens or Tanner Holm. I think Tanner Holmes is is trying to make us all remember him again. He's he's starting to play better. Um, But I've been picking Callens this season and, and it hasn't really screwed me over yet. And then I have to shout out Tyler because we made a thick bet, even though I ended up dropping Kim Moon-Hwan. Um, Nathan San Jose, he, I mean, talk about jumping on a train before it got moving. Tyler yeah. picked, up, <laughs> picked up Nathan before I even knew who he was. So um, for a bench pick this weekend, you know, when we're not feeling crazy good about any shutouts, you know, we, we I think all of us only wrote like one or two team for like shutout potential. So I feel like, you know, someone like that might be a great, a great
1: call.
0: Ari, how about you?
3: Well,
1: to start uh, reiterating Ashley's question on Minnesota bonus point defenders, you kind of answered it yourself. There really is not one. Uh, Adrian Heath has switched up the lineup. I'd have to check the stat. I don't remember, but it's pretty much a new lineup every week in some way or another. Um, so when I was checking that, um, I wound up basically looking at Met and initially, and then Debassi. Debassi usually sits more as a center back, but somehow is getting a lot of these bonus points. But then occasionally we love to just run up the wing and Met and Air, they leave him open. So he's the one getting him. There really is not one clear cut. And then when Coleman's in, he just gets goals randomly off corner kicks. He's gotten a few either off a corner or off a rebound from a corner. so. There really is not one set player, unfortunately, which does make it hard as a fantasy player to determine which one to go with. I usually just stick with your basic center back because the way Minnesota runs, the wings are different. So I like DeBasi because he is just kind of that brick wall in the center, Um, and he is very good at passing, which is huge to me. Now onto my clean sheets. So I said Colorado, number one. Again, Blaine hit it right on the head. Him and I always tend to... I tend to realize that he is very smart with his defense in terms of how I like to run it as well. Um, so, yeah, I believe that he is correct on that. Colorado is very good. They are sneaky good. And not a lot of people are talking about them. So I probably shouldn't be telling everyone because I want to do well in fantasy and win. But, yes, I would say Colorado for sure. Um, I did put Abubakar in there um, for that reason, another just big defensive center back. I think that clean sheet is there. I also um, am thinking about Minnesota. Again, what you said, Blaine, you're actually right on, which which I hate to say because obviously my homerism is saying he's wrong, but I was worried about a 2-1 game there. Um, The Galaxy can get one. So I'm looking in terms of like goalkeeper and switcheroo. I'm actually going to go since those two are my big ones. I don't usually like to do this. I like to have that fallback on a Sunday just in case. But I'm going to start out with Miller and uh, have Yarborough as the switch. I think they play at 5.30 or 5.00 and 7.30. So Minnesota plays the Galaxy really random. It's 5 o'clock uh, Central time. And then uh, 7.30 Central time is when Colorado is. So it's going to be kind of that quick switch last minute. But uh, so yeah, Miller's on the bench. Hopefully he'll work out. Um, and then I can just drop Yarborough and be happy. But If not, I probably would switch to Yarborough. For defenders, again, I went with Abubakar. I do like to do the goalie slash one defender, kind of get that double, either big win or big loss, take the risk on it. That's kind of my wow factor. So I am putting Debasi on the bench just so I have him as well. Again, if Miller and Debasi hit, I still probably keep Abubakar in there. And then I have Fontas, or Fontas, however you say it. Um, Again, the bonus points, Ever since Blaine started talking about him, I started watching him a little more. And, yeah, he gets him. He's there. And that SKC team, when they're clicking, they, they can really click. So I'll take him. And then as a fallback, I do have Mensa Again, he's been my MVP for the last two years because when I have him, he does very well for the most part. Um, if I'm lucky, I won't even need to put him in because the other three will just get phenomenal scores. But those are my main uh, main players that I'd like to go for. And then lastly is for my scrub pick, it's Ike Opara. He is officially off the loons technically, but got to give him a shout out. If you have the money and you just want to put him in your lineup as a scrub, to let him be on the lineup, give him some love. So I, I'll throw him in there as a shout out. Ike Opara deserves it for all of MLS. Farewell so, tour, right there.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I think you guys have that right. I, I really like Yarbrough for, for a keeper switch this week, which does really limit who your options are. I mean, other people who I've been looking at, I was, I was looking at Johnson potentially, but versus Miami, I don't know. I mean, Higuain's gotten some goals recently, so maybe something could come in with that. Uh, so it, it does limit those early games if you want to go with Yarbrough since Colorado does play at 8.30 Eastern time. The only other option you have is Minnesota, which is what I have right now. With Miller on the bench, you could go with San Jose versus Vancouver, but San Jose's not had great luck with clean sheets. Vancouver has been able to get some goals, and all of San Jose's clean sheets have actually come on the road. so interesting, interesting right there. But they are unbeaten for several games right now. so um, but maybe not a clean sheet right there. If you're gonna go with Yarborough and not one of the earlier games like uh, like Miller, I think you then do look at room maybe you go with Willis, but I'm real worried about Willis just with some of the form that DC has been on with them being able to get something through there. And they've had a little bit of a shuffle with their defense as well. And then that, that Portland Seattle game is just bananas. So, I, I mean, I feel like some of your better options this week are going, if you're going to go with Yarborough, you having Minnesota as as your switcheroo rolling the dice on San Jose, if you wanted to do that uh, or, going with room as that if you want to go somebody else like going with johnson uh, that that does open you up for a few more options you if you but you're going to have to go with a sunday keeper as well but you could maybe look at that real Salt get late game i don't know how you feel about real Salt like with mcmath i don't think ochoa is still available but i think for me i'm looking at at a yarborough plus either miller or or maybe room uh, as for defense When it comes to Colorado defenders, I'm going with Trusty this week. And that's just because he has better bonus point generation when compared to other options like Abubakar. So so I like Trusty right there. Uh, I do also have Mensa as a guy and then other ones I've been throwing around a lot. I've got Nathan right now because of what Ashley was saying before. Uh, He does have a lot of, of great bonus point potential and that could happen with Vancouver. And there's a shot at a clean sheet potentially. I'm uh, looking at maybe Herrera over from from RSL. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like Austin can get some offense going from times. And so it's not necessarily solid that RSL keeps a clean sheet, but Herrera has chances for offensive bonus points as well and some assists. So that's that's in in the talk. You're exactly right, Ari, of course you are, about Minnesota with with shipping the bonus points around. Metinair is leading on the bonus point generation right now. Uh then it's Gasper and then it's Devasi. The and they're they're all very close and all primarily uh defensive bonus points not offensive bonus points so if you're going to go with one of those guys i mean maybe maybe gasper's the hot commodity right now i think he's had some some good runs as of late maybe a bit on form but um any of those three i think are interchangeable as far as a bonus points perspective and if you really want to ride somebody that's that's hot that we not hot but someone who is sort of recently hot um I mean, you could look at Hollingshead. I don't know. We've liked him a lot. He's definitely offensive. He's been playing further up in the field. Maybe something opens up against Sporting Kansas City. But Dallas has been on poor form, poor form this season. Uh, And Sporting Kansas City is, what, three? Number three right now, Blaine, is that right? Um, No, we're – First in your the first left. yeah and there um, was it was a shield was it shield your three i thought they were, th- were number no shield were number two okay i thought something was three it with was you guys but maybe maybe I, I guess i got yeah, my numbers crossed new up england
2: there. and we're only two goals back of new england for most goals on the season maybe
0: that was maybe that was before some of the double stuff happened. i was looking at something yeah. i thought it was three anyway uh but no i, I do worry but I'll, I'll throw hollingshead's name out there as sort of just a random a random flyer with maybe can can write a little bit of a way for something Probably not a clean sheet though.
2: Yeah, Reed, one thing I'd throw out there, because I like watching Hollingshead play, he gets better fantasy points when he is actually lined up on the defensive line.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He was not getting good bonus points playing as a left winger, but when he's playing as a left back and there's somebody ahead of him, he gets a lot more space to work. He's yeah, coming yeah. up. He, he He just does so much better on fantasy that way. I would actually say if you're going to take Hollingshead, be prepared to drop him if he is playing in an advanced position. You only want him if he is on the back line.
0: All right, well, let's move on to midfielders now. Uh, Ashley did have to, to leave us for a family emergency, so I'll go for her picks really quick, and then I'll kick it to you, Ari. Uh, so Ashley likes Maxi from New York City FC. She likes Espinosa from San Jose. She likes Reynoso from Minnesota, and she likes Barco over at Atlanta. Interesting picks, uh, a little bit of overlap.
1: Ari, who do you like? So I was looking at, uh, for Minnesota, Reynoso, or uh, Robin Lodd, however you pronounce it, no one knows exactly. But um, both of those guys are crushing it. The only difference is they've been playing Robin more as a false nine. Um, so occasionally they put him at striker, which uh, obviously he'll still score that goal. But the bonus points that he normally would get when he's sitting more on the wing or in that midfield spot, um, it decreases a little. Again, just like with our back line, like it's not enough to make or break your week usually. Um, one may get you 11 while the other gets nine. But ideally, both are good choices. So I haven't really made up my mind on which one of them I'm going with. But as of now, I have it at Reynoso. I'm looking at RSL's Rusnak. He, uh, he started to pick up some steam. I know it was the Rubio Rubin and Krylock show at the beginning of the season, but Rusenok's been kind of carrying the load there. I do like RSL at home this week, a new team in Austin coming to town. Uh, they probably have to learn about altitude, which I say that from Minnesota's experience in like Colorado, where it, it does take time getting used to playing there. My other picks were uh, Barrios for Colorado. Again, I know Blaine's talked about him a lot. I've always had, uh, I've always liked watching him play because he is just one of those guys that hustles the entire time. I could see him netting one. This is one of those games where, again, after just watching Houston uh, come to town here in Minnesota, they really look not good. And and again, I don't don't mean to harp on them, but like this looks like one of those games where Colorado could walk into Houston and look like the home team. Yeah. So I, I I could see Colorado's Barrios getting a goal. And then I also threw in there uh, Chara, Jimmy Chara for Portland. Again, that's that's a 50-50 pick. I'm not really set on that one yet, but I do like the thought of a derby game, and usually a lot of those derbies can uh, wake people up a little bit, make them a little more intense and a little more active. Um, So I did put him in there as he has been playing solid. He's not a... Uh, full on boomer bust, but he's been getting you a solid five, six points, which at this point, if you're just trying to hold down a spot, um, you'll take that. But those are my main main go-tos.
2: Okay, Blaine. Yeah, some a lot of variants this week. And I'm gonna keep adding to it. Yep. Um Maxi and Ray were kind of two of those easy ones to slot in. Um I think they have probably got some of the best matchups for midfielders. Uh wanna make sure Maxi starts. He's been in and out and I kind of want to see that lineup. I'm probably going to continue rolling with uh, Mukhtar in Nashville. I don't I – th- I think, like I said earlier, I think DCU can score, but I think this game's going to open up a little bit, and that's going to be really good for Mukhtar's potential. Uh, might be one of my more differential picks, trying to make up some ground here. I want somebody from that San Jose game. I think that one's going to go crazy. Um, Espinoza is probably the safe choice there. I like Ashley Shout on that. But I threw out there that Dahomey, depending on the lineups, Dahomey's been up and down all season. He started off really hot, one of those crazy midfielders playing as a forward that just showed up and got work done. And then he just disappeared for a while, got played back. But his most recent form, I'm trying to pull him up. He had a 17 last week. He had a 9 the week before, a 5, a 7, and a 4. And that 4 was... Against RSL, it's just he's finding ways to put up decent points. Um, Fives and sevens are not great every week, but he's a little bit cheaper. But he just came off of a 17, and this is this is just one of those matchups where if you don't trust the Vancouver defense, if you think or if you don't trust the San Jose defense, if you think Vancouver is going to find a way to score, he's more than likely going to be involved and. Last I heard, he's still on penalties for this team. Cavallini may be taking some, but there is that little added bonus. So he's just one of those, I'm torn on that one. I think he's a name that should be in the conversation if you're looking for a first game switcheroo. And then my fifth one right now is I've got Buchanan from New England there. He's filled the Carlos Hill spot. He's not playing terrible. He's Hit or miss a little bit. He's more of a bench play for me, but he looks good. I don't trust Toronto's defense as much. This is a home game for New England. Turner's back. That's going to settle the defense down a little bit. Buxa and Bo are still starting up top. I think there's there's just going to be space to work with. He just put up an 11 against Columbus on the road. That's a good defense. Playing in heel spot. I just I think he's got it. I think he can do it. And I think it might be worth a run out there because I think New England believes they are the best team in the league. I think they know that they don't need heel to do this. And I think they're just going to go out and get the job done until heels back. And I think Buchanan's going to be a huge part of that. So I've got him in there right now.
0: Interesting. Uh, You guys covered several, but I want to just throw out some other names. Uh, Yeah. Maxie, you're right. Blaine check the lineup. Uh, I'm looking at Reynoso right now. Like you were saying, Ari, Uh, for me, it's a bonus point situation. uh, And that's where I fall in there. Uh Krylok. I still don't know where I fall on all that. <laughs> a lean Rusnak because of bonus points, but it's really, it's really close between those two. That might be if I go with one of those, that would probably be a game day decision for me. Okay, uh some of the other new ones. Throwing this one out there, maybe more of a sixth player pick. You might use the this fifth slot as as one of your scrub places. But uh Madron over from Chicago, some things are changing. He's doing well there. Columbus dropped four to D.C. this last week, and then they dropped three to Atlanta, I believe. Um, two or three to Atlanta, so there's some holes there. Maybe Madron can do something. Uh, they Chicago is going to be at home, and Columbus is going to be on the road. Could also impact your keep option there. Uh, and then Ashley mentioned Barco. Uh, I've got Moreno on my team right now with Atlanta. Based on that LAFC back line, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, I know that Atlanta is sort of in shambles right now, um, but but yeah, I I feel okay about Moreno right there. And then Espinosa, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure about, about the San Jose. I, I, I don't dislike San Jose, but I think I di- that game, it's super interesting to me because I'm just so unsure of how to get the read off of what could happen. It could be a 0-0, it could be a 3-3, it, who knows what could happen with that. But So I'm sort of eh on them. Uh, I like chat. People are talking about Moreno as well. Uh, Moreno and Barco kind of situations there. But yeah, I, I think I think Atlanta could be a nice little pickup this week.
2: Reed, I have an answer to that because I know Ashley put Barco in and you're looking at Moreno and that's a team, that's a midfield I did look at. Yep. I think Barco gets the better results and becomes a whole lot more viable when Joseph is out. When Joseph is in, I think Moreno is kind of your more stable pick. Barco fills in. I know he got two goals on the, the, on the weekend game. I think one of those was a PK, which he does not take when Joseph is out there. And then I think they play him in a lot more advanced position. He does a little bit more. It's just when Joseph's there, you want your more steady midfielder rather than going with um, Barco, who is kind of streaky and benefits when there's more space to work in with other guys out.
0: I mean, for me, Moreno has more time. So it's kind of hard to compare mm-hmm. them in some sense. Barco's only played about 800 minutes. Uh, Moreno's played about double, about double. Yeah. So Barco's played about half as many minutes. The, when you're looking at bonus point production, though, mm-hmm. Barco is not half of Moreno's. He's about a quarter of what Moreno has in this time. So if, if you want to yeah. try to pull something for that, I think the bonus points is coming from Moreno. And so, yeah, I, I like that breakdown comparing him to to, to Joseph. Uh, but for me, it's also I'm looking at who are bonus point generators, and I mm. think there'll be opportunities in that game. Let's move on to forwards. Ari, who do you like?
1: Um, so we'll start in SKC. Uh, Blaine's touched on it. I think it's kind of a consensus overall, but Shalloway has just kind of stepped in, doing awesome things there. Hard to uh, hard to go against him. Well, Polito has definitely had some phenomenal weeks as well. But, uh, yeah, I think Shalloway is starting to become the clear-cut number one. Um, I put in there Ola Kamara from D.C., mainly just because ride the hot streak. I mean, at some point it will bite me, um, but five goals in four games is enough for me to at least give him a shout, put him on the lineup somewhere, even if it's on the bench in one of those of your three bench players to start. Give him a chance to earn his points. Um, I said Castellanos from New York City. He's just been consistently good. I mean, he started off season on, a, on fire. Obviously, he's mellowed down a little bit, but I still think he's worthy of uh, getting that start, especially, again, I this may bite me, but I'm just not sold on Miami. They, they're doing their scoring, but now we're talking about just forwards. I don't see them getting any clean sheets against New York. Um, maybe they'll put up a fight, but, you know, that's a 3-2 game type deal, and you'd hope with three goals, hopefully uh, Castellanos gets at least one of them. And then I put him in here more as a question mark, but Carlos Vela, he is really taking a nosedive. But I just question, like, is he going to keep dropping or is at some point he's going to, you know, find the spring, the trampoline, and bounce up, at least for a couple weeks? So I'm like having – I shouldn't start him based on his – you know, three, four performances recently, but like there's something in my head that's like making me question, do you do it as almost a, as weird as it sounds as a differential pick? Cause I think a lot of people, I mean, they captained him in last week and they saw, yeah, that was not a good captain pick, but now it's at that point where it's like, are people even going to take him? And that's where I come in. And I'm like, well, that could be game changer. Cause if now everyone says let's not take him, Maybe you take him on the whim that he does have one of those two-goal, three-goal games that we've seen in previous years, so to speak. But other than that, yeah, it's uh, it's tough to say. I, I just Like I said, it's one of those where my risk is a lot different than what some people might, my bold pick, so to speak, and that would be something that I would consider bold is taking Vela again when everyone's starting to drop him and give up on him. Say, hey, I'm going to give this kid one more chance to prove it. And hopefully you walk away with your uh, chest puffed out, all cocky. But otherwise, you kind of eat those points. It does happen. Blame.
2: Yeah, Shallowy's the guy. I I talked about him earlier. Better than Polito at this point. Um, the stats are coming out. People, people are talking about it a little bit. MLS is not talking about it. Shallowy leads the league in non-penalty goals and assists combined with 15 that's ahead of carlos heel i think or he's right there with him. it's point for point like it's it's crazy how good he has been this season as a dual threat player passing and scoring yeah he's got it i think he's just going to be the set and forget now that i'm pulling um vela out of my lineup I think Shallowee's just going to be in there until he cools off, which may not happen this season. Shallowee's vaulted himself into the number two spot in the MVP race. MLS may not give it to him. They may try to put some guys that get paid more money up there ahead of him, but he's hands down your number two behind Carlos Heel. I think it's time just in the fantasy game where we set him in there and just leave him there permanently because he's doing it every week. He's not on international duty. He's younger. He's not picking up the injuries. He doesn't need the rotation. I think he only got rotated out for the weekend game this time because they have a game coming up tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to keep rolling with Gustavo bow New England's playing too well. He's scoring regularly enough. He's typically been on my bench, and he's been playing well on the bench. Sometimes his five to seven is enough to come in. Sometimes he gets out uh, overshadowed by one of my other two bench options, and that's fine with me but I like having that steady bench spot taken where I think a couple of guys may be better, but if they have a bad game, I've got his points ready to go. And then I've got Joseph Martinez on there this week. I think LAFC's defense is that bad, and I just, I think he's going to come in hungry. He just He's coming back from the red card. Uh, he's been looking better and better. He's got that attitude and that swagger back. He was not backing down from Wanyama when Yama went hands to the neck on him, I guess he got his red card for a headbutt. it's really hard to see it in the video, but I understand when a fight like that happens, you kind of send both of them off, but I think he's just, I think he's ready to go and just push this team where they need to be. They're not where they want to be. And if they're going to get back into the playoff hunt and really make something happen, he's going to have to do it and he's going to have to start scoring fast. And I think he can do it. So I think this is the week where Atlanta knows they've got to get a got to get a result. If they can get this result, they can mo- keep moving forward. And I I just I'm gonna run with him.
0: Right. Ashley has a uh, shadowy Vella and Tati. Uh, as for myself, coming into this, I I had Vella as the lock, and I was going over everybody else. But since I've been thinking more about it, I've I've changed that. Uh, I had all the names that we were talking about as well, but I've just decided why I want each one that I, that I have, uh, I like Shallowy for everything you just said Blaine for the form that he has and the potential he could have to be the MVP of the league if he continues at the pace that he's going. So I, I like that. And Dallas's history. I think even on the road, there's the potential for him to go off. Uh, I like Joseph Martinez because of LA galaxy, LA FC's sorry, LA FC's defensive woes. Uh, you could say the same thing, maybe for Bella going up against, Uh, Atlanta, who has been struggling, but I feel like they have more solid pieces. I don't know if Lennon's back or not this week. Do you know, Blaine? I'm not 100% certain, but I I like the defensive unit that Atlanta has more than LAFCs, and they'll be at home. Uh, and so I, I like the chances for Joseph to be able to score. That being said, he hasn't been getting the shots like he has in the past, but I'm hoping that changes that he just gets more chances. And then it's Tati, and it should have always been Tati. And I re- he was very high up there as potentially the solid number two at first. He shoots. He shoots so much. He's getting five, six, seven shots yeah. on target a game. Who know? I don't even. I didn't even look up the ones that are off target. But he shoots so much, and that is exactly what you want from a forward. And going up against Miami, which has struggled, they may drop something on New York. Higuain, cook him up there and do something. So maybe the defense is a little bit in question. But he shoots. So much that I think that Tati is, is a fantastic pick probably makes him chalk for this week, but he just shoots so much. He's 8.6. I feel like that's, that's like a must have from, from all those things put together. All right. And finally captains, who do you like Blaine?
2: My gut says just go with Reno. So it's the bonus points. It's to take the midfielder. I'm really trying to do that this year, but part of me wants to go for that. Wow. Factor as Ari says, and take Joseph against um, LAFC's defense. If these games were reversed, it would be so much easier because I'd see the lineups for that. I hate not getting to see what LAFC is going to look like, what lineup Atlanta is going to roll out, and making my captain pick based on the unknowns. If if it's bad and I don't want to go with Joseph, where do I go from there? Um, you're looking at the derby game you're looking at nashville do you go zella at that point like where do you go for your captain after that if you don't like it or do you just have to suck it up and go Vella on the road but part of me really wants to go joseph because i think this is the, the breakout game I, I just i really feel like this is the week he's gonna do it but the safe pick is probably to go ray and just leave it there all right ari
1: i have Reynoso so right now i think it's kind of more fun now that i say now that heel isn't there because obviously you never want somebody injured i'm not rooting for injury by any means but it's making people kind of think who that second was and initially everyone hopped on the vela train and now that he's kind of not really done anything now everyone's kind of you know looking lost doesn't know where to go yet with their captain um which i kind of like because now i think captain is a differential pick in itself because there are multiple options and if one of them hits and one doesn't that's could be a potential 10 extra points for someone which can take you drastic measures as I got lucky and saw this past week but my wow factor if I was gonna throw somebody in there I was gonna say Rusnak but then you mentioned it could be Krylak as well who does well or who plays and now I question that because I'm like you can't captain somebody on a 50-50 with another player on the team but I will give a shout out as much as it pains me to say this uh, Joseph Martinez for Atlanta. Obviously, the Minnesota Atlanta rivalry. We just don't like him up here, but he is—he's always been that guy, and he's been really good. And again, I like that the possibility of like, oh, take somebody that not a lot of people have, and he could go off like crazy, and all of a sudden that you become the the hot shot in town.
0: Uh, for Ashley, she has it on Reynoso or potentially Tati. Yeah, she knows. For myself, I- I'm really not sure. This one's this is kind of tough. Uh, I'm going to put it on Reynoso because I think that's the safer pick. That's sort of the chalky pick, but uh, so I may just leave it on right. Re- I'm going to put it on Reynoso in case I just become so in- indecisive that I don't change it and then I- I'll-, I'll at least feel okay about that. Uh, but, you know, keep monitoring our our chat, our mlsancyboss.com, Twitter, everything like that. Uh, more information will come out and we'll get some more information, especially from the Discord. Voting. All right. Well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Let's wrap everything up with plugs. Blaine. Don't think I have anything this week. All right.
1: Ari. Yeah, I got nothing crazy. Just shout out to uh again, I go para Respect to any MLS player who is done well for any team and just kind of known throughout the MLS. I think that deserves a call out. Um, and then obviously thanks for having me on because I do enjoy the show. The Discord group is awesome. So anyone that watches the show, I'm sure. I uh, will see the Discord group, but if not, check them out because uh, I found out where I find a lot of information. A lot of my friends, I've been getting, they ask me how I do so well, and I just show them hey, I have a whole network of people from different teams, different fans of different teams that give me the news. So I'm really nothing special. I just am in a group with a lot of people. So shout out to Discord for that. Other than that, that's all I got.
0: Yeah, uh, as for me, of course, everyone, uh, keep Ashley in their thoughts. and know she had to leave, uh, do a family emergency. Hit her up on Twitter just to see if she's doing okay. Uh, but yeah, keep Ashley in mind. Uh, on the soccer side, MLSFancyBoss.com for our articles that we have a little bit more time to draw out this week. Uh, also check out the Discord chat. It's a fantastic resource. If you have not already, check out the Patreon. And if you sign up, we've got the swag that's come in, just waiting on one final thing. Uh, get get signed up so we can get the swag shipped out to you it's super cool looking forward to that uh, and yes thank you to everyone who joins us in chat thank you to everyone who's a member of the patreon community you guys make this such a special experience we're over halfway finished we're so close uh, it's it's crazy it's just flying by but i hope you all have fun with uh this week with a little bit more time to breathe so with that being said as always good luck